Hello and welcome to another edition of Up and All Ours, the Queen's Park Rangers podcast, done by fans, for fans, and none of us get paid, so feel free to criticise at any point. Right, tonight I'm joined by, I can't believe he's here. No, it's not a kind of a dairy product, it's actually, he is actually in the, can you believe this, can you believe this, Chris Charles is back. Yeah, I can't really believe it, to be honest. What have you been doing? Um, well, I don't want to bore everybody, but I've been following boxers around the... Uh... Various parts of the country and, and finally and they stuff. got an injunction. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Seriously, so you've been busy, haven't you? Been busy, yeah. Yeah, had a lot of big fights. So um, hope, touch will be. I haven't got anything for a couple of months. So all right. Hopefully, um, I'll be a bit more regular, which might disappoint a few people. But and will you be in the podcast as well? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. And oh, we weren't supposed to talk over people and make really bad jokes. Oh well, never mind. Moving on. And back again for another week is Flo Lloyd Hughes. Yeah. No controversy last time you were on. You didn't no, seem to have kept it anyone. clean. Yeah. Who knows that. what will happen today. That's up the answer, yeah. yeah. And Paul Frick. Welcome yes. back. Paul Frick, for those who don't know, lives around the corner of my ma. And um, is a lovely fella who fixes my computer regularly, which means that t- Colin Tomkin doesn't get so many phone calls. How oh, are you, Paul? You all right? Yeah, yeah. Keep him well? Mm. Right. Uh, oh, yes, the beers. House rules, of course. I've got David's voice in my head. Hi, Paul. Um, which is brought by Kevin Hastings. Thank you very, 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 very much, Kevin. We do appreciate it. Everything that anyone does for this podcast is more than appreciated, especially when you listen. And by the way, thanks for the feedback last week. All good, all bad. We need it. Give us more. It proves that you're listening. It proves that you're still out there. And it proves that we're talking to somebody. Because sometimes it feels we're in a little room, in a little bubble, just talking hoops. Talking of which... I'm going to start off with flow a bit Saturday. Um, it was really frustrating because we all sat here last week and said how important it was to get a result, especially with Pompey this weekend because we kind of need uh, vibes to be pretty positive. So that was frustrating. Um, so, yeah, P&E are officially a bogey team now because I think the bogey factor had stemmed from maybe previous QPR squads where everyone had a bit of a sort of, um, I guess, label around who they were, mercenaries, um, long ballers under the Mm. end of Holloway, um, quite basic football. But I think we were all quite confident that this could have been the end um, of that mini curse. But unfortunately... P&E are just quite good at um, rattling our cage and they're a really sort of classic championship side in this that they're not very good, but they get the job done. And that's Simon Grayson, Alex Neal, and probably pre-Simon Grayson as well, um, P&E squads that have done us over. So, um, yeah, it's a strange one, but you live and you learn. And hopefully, I just hope that we put out a strong team against Pompey and actually try and get a result. But I think heads were definitely low on Saturday. Mm, it was a strange atmosphere, I thought, before, during and after the game. It was kind of bizarre. Um, not helped by the fact I actually thought we'd win, but never mind. Paul, mm. you right? Yeah, Should I'm sorry. Just, yeah, no, no, <laughs> just Saturday. It was very depressing. Um, All right. Yeah. No, it's... Um, 
because I don't get out as much as I used to. But uh, yeah, rocked up on the day, got a ticket, R Block, which my old favorite. And um, yeah, lots of nice people around. And just from from the outset, uh, everything just looked a bit confused and uh, a bit disjointed um, mentally. I uh, just seemed a bit off. Uh, first time I've seen that. And um, yeah, that first goal just kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. It was a crap first goal, let's mm. be honest. I just... I. I would love to know kind of what uh, what set that up. Well, they, it was sort Lack of, of thought. almost in slow motion. We were in the low yeah. loft and you could see it. I mean, initially I thought it you was... You knew it was going to happen, Initially I thought it was Lumley's fault completely, but if you look at it again, I mean, Scone was to blame. He's he tried to do a Maradona turn. Yeah. The defender behind him, man. Yeah. It's absurd. It was almost Bob Malkinish. But having said that, the warning signs have been there long before that. I mean... I don't think so. They were... I think basically we were... Overrun in midfield. Um, I, I think it's, it's an obvious thing to say, but we miss Luongo very much. quite desperately. We've not won a league game since he's gone to Australia. And all these QPR tweets saying, well, Australia qualified. And, I mean, if they're going to be honest, they should put FFS and three angry emojis because <laughs> yeah. that's what we're all thinking. It's like, yeah. oh, God, you know. I Went agree. to penalties the other day. There was even a thread on Loft for Words, a thread about the Australia game. Um, <laughs> and they're not playing well, though, are they, Australia? They're struggling a bit. I don't think so, but yeah. So hopefully they get knocked out next round. We clearly round. miss him. We clearly miss Cameron. I think we were just totally overrun. Uh, lightweight cousins and Scone in midfield just wasn't happening. And then I don't know. I, I don't know what the question was, but the answer definitely wasn't bringing on Smith at half time, as far as I was concerned, because any midfield we did have was then completely bypassed. And easy, a lot of people. He seems to be the scapegoat at the moment, which I think is a bit. Well, I would unfair. say both Hebb and Smith are. Well, Hello? Smith hasn't really done, hasn't, hasn't had many minutes, so I don't think he could be a scapegoat. You're right, Chris. Yes, I'm fine. She said they trapped <laughs> thought, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, know, get, I get that's old age, but I think, the, the, I think easy being made the scapegoat, 19 year old in his first full season, uh, is a bit harsh. I mean, they're right, yeah. I mean, maybe he's played all games, I think, so maybe he's in, in need of a little rest uh, here and there. But um, I, I think it's certainly not going to suit him to have the ball just to have long balls just shunted up over him. I'm kind of worried because what, the way I said, if you're going to bring Smith on, Big Smith, not Wee Smith, you're going to have to take easy off. It's that simple because you can't play both of them at the same time because the whole the whole system changes. I'm not really sure why we did that um, because we could still get in the game at half time. It wasn't like we were out of sight or anything. We just we just look lackluster. I just think, when people say it's a bad day at the office, I don't think we actually got to the office. We stopped <laughs> somewhere for a coffee instead there and didn't actually make it there. So you just got to kind of forget about it and move. It's a shame, though, because them games against them and Hull, you kind of think, you know what, if we'd have got even a point from each, you, you're still not going to do the playoffs. You know what I mean? You're still kind of... Mm. And maybe that's just us being unfairly... Do you not think so? Are, are we unfairly thinking that we're good enough to make the playoffs? Or is it something now that we should just forget about and just be thankful that we're not fighting at the arse end of the table? I don't. It, I I just want to be within touching distance exactly. because you drop so quickly. We're now fourteenth when we were eighth a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, I think the most fr- frustrating thing is, and this is not something to, exclusive to QPR, but just the general inability for footballers to sort of improvise um and when you when you're so used to playing a certain way you can't and obviously they they sit there for days being coached and watching videos of how mclaren wants to play out from the back and i get that 
and you, you, you're in autopilot, you're basically just machines following orders, but sometimes you've got to recognise the danger and think for yourselves a little bit. And obviously we've had a lot of success building from the back, but you know, we all saw that coming, mm. that first goal. Um, okay, maybe we could have recovered, but then, um, like Chris said, only for about 30 seconds did it look like the um, Wells and... Smith combo is going to work when uh, Smith headed on something to Wells and it looked like a bit of a half chance. But apart from that, it was just not working whatsoever. So there was a sort of everything went slightly tactically awry. And I think the biggest concern is, is that a smart manager now will look at what Preston did and think, well, if you press QPR, you will rattle them and you'll get results. So I think... For the Pompey game, if they do that, then we might be in some trouble. We need to have a bit more of a plan B. And obviously the best teams of the world, like Barcelona, don't really have a plan B and they win Champions League. So it's not always necessary. (laughs) But for a team like us, with the championship, which is such a diverse league of different styles and different players and physicalities, you need to have a slightly different plan of being able to play a different way. And I think... We have proved that in away mm. games. We've been able to adapt a little bit and assess the situation, but we need to do it at home a bit more because we've dominated at home recently and we haven't really had a backup plan. We got away with it against Reading, but we did not get away with it on the weekend. I'm kind of liking that. I hear a lot of plan B these days. I can't think were, but we do hear a lot of plan Bs. Mm. What we could do is have a plan B that's very similar to plan A. That's very popular these days in the political front. Um, <laughs> no, no. It's a political free podcast. I don't wish to have people <laughs> jumping on me from America or whatever telling I, me. I that. think the problem is that Smith is our plan B, and that's not a good plan B. I actually well, thought. So, really what's a better plan B? I don't well, know. I, I think. I mean, it was a good. I, I really thought it was a decent enough idea. But if they haven't really played together, it doesn't look like they'd really played together much. So, yeah, again, the the headers, the headers on to Wells. Nice idea, um, but yeah. It just it, it's like they no, need some time. Well, to make yeah, it work. it's like the left the hand didn't know well. what the right hand was doing, so mm. they they weren't in the same place at the same time. Mm. The thing is, as well, he doesn't actually win that many of those, those balls. That well, he gets there. called. He gets like called for fouls a lot of times just because yeah. he's the big guy. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely went against, but I mean, leads away when he should have a penalty. You're right. Yeah, I mean, he 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 was in between two defenders, and the one in front of him fell down, and he got called for the foul. When Dick was, <laughs> there was like one was climbing that on was his back. And, that was meat and drink to their defence, you know, like balls mm. probably. I'll have that yeah. all day. And, they, I mean, I'd have rather have had like maybe Manning on, who he clearly doesn't fancy uh, that much. Yes. And, yeah. and Ote yeah. uh, ahead of Smith, because um, I'm not sure that the, the style we play this season suits Big Smith. No. Last season, fair play. I mean, I'm not slagging him off because he, you know, he was our top scorer last season, mm. played well and fitted into that Holloway team. But he's I'm not sure he's the answer role. this time. And I'm surprised the way McLaren plays that he is reverting to an old-school style of play. Like See, that. I'm quite old-fashioned, as well as just being old. <laughs> and that is, I kind of liked it when we balanced it out a bit, and I'm thinking to myself, if we play with Wee Smith and Samuel, we've got a lot of width. Yeah. And Naki Wells can come in behind them and, and create more things. Whereas if you're the opposition, and they're sitting at half, so thinking, right, they're going to lump it here. They, they know what we're going yeah, to do. Yeah, it's Big so Smith. easy to defend. With, I actually thought that Bright Samuel and Wee Smith actually caused problems when they came on. Right, the game mm. was lost. It doesn't really matter mm. in some respects. I like to see, like Chris, I agree with Manning. Maybe he should have come on. Well, no, he should have come on because he couldn't do any worse. But it's weird because Cousins and Scone have been shown little patches of something, and you're thinking, okay, they've got something. I can see why he's he's, he's trying to get out of them. 
And then you see a game like Saturday, and you're thinking, oh, God, we, what, what, like you say, what is plan B? So, you know, the cup match is vital, I think, before a season now. It's, it's, we've got to win it, basically, mm. and it won't be easy. Do we think that um, McLaren's going to put out a full strength? 11? He has to. He has to. There's no two ways about it, Flo. If he doesn't, he's letting down the near 3,000 going down there on Saturday. I was going to say, most after of what do you, Paul, do you, yeah, do you remember when you went to Blackpool <laughs> and you almost cried on that Skype podcast about what happened? Do you think we'll be having that same scenario on the way back from Portsmouth? Because I really don't want that to happen. I, I, I wasn't crying. I was, no, you weren't. Sorry, that was harsh. Said almost. No, no, I, I, we were I, I, depressed. I, we all were, but I didn't I'm, go I'm, to Blackpool. So. Yeah, no, it was. It was all. Oh, just Jesus, don't even remind me in Blackpool. I mean, thanks for Alan for putting me up at a lovely time in your house. It was great, marvelous, great. Don't want to do that again. No offense, Alan. But yeah, it was awful. It mm. was damn awful because you knew the team that he played. He would never pick for a league match in a month of Sundays and then some. And if he does it again, he will get. Questions asked. Ingram in goal? No. I you think he won't put Ingram in goal. Can't. Full I, team. I, do I don't th- think he should, but he might. Full team. I think team. the team we played against Leeds was all right, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I mean that wasn't a full, that was five changes, I think. I mean, I don't think he's going to play the full 11. I think some of them probably he's do. He's got to. Probably do. Well, I don't know. No, he's got to. We've got nothing to lose. I would be surprised if he, if he plays a blanket to after you know, Saturday they, look, they look a little mentally frazzled mm. like no no some no, no. Of them, some of them. no 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 okay. the, the, <laughs> if you have a bad day at work now, you still one... have to go to work the next day you just have to put your mistakes right right I'm saying so you, you can still have some on the bench you may not start them all no start them all first team <laughs> no chance that put Lumley in goal start Treat it like a league match. I, I, I would I say Lumley the same but I would be surprised if he does do that because mm. Some players look like they do need a rest, and um, it's a nice opportunity as well mm. to reward someone like Ote, yeah, who's Ote. done well yeah. and scored the penalty against Leeds, has shown some kind of growth. Maybe as they need to rest, or maybe he actually needs to have a bit more freedom against the League One side. It's hard to know. You know, I'll say Samuel. Should we use his pace to intimidate? There's loads of different options. Just because it's not the first eleven that we might necessarily pick for safety doesn't mean it's a bad eleven. No, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is that we need to pick the team to win the game. Oh yeah, 100%. and the backbone of it has to be a first team. There's no point in you know, let's see, Lisa, Lynch, maybe Hall after the way Lynch played. Sally, would you rather have Manning on than Cousins? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, Cousins. I just it's really the- have no time for him. But his contract's up, and it's a shame because he came with such high hopes from Charlton. And, and I, I knew a Charlton fan who was absolutely got it that he left. He said, he's, You've got an absolute bargain there. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Well, but we've got to get a result Saturday because we're not going to go up, we're not going to go down. So we need something, and we've won it for us. Let's keep breaking the keep taboos. The miracle that, alive. Yes, keep breaking <laughs> the taboos that strangle us. Yeah. Um, I, I've lost my thread now. I tried to, <laughs> tried to interrupt you a couple of times. Oh, we've been pulled in that. We can't talk over <laughs> each other. You have to be respectful and wait, young man. Okay. Been a long time since someone called you, I don't know. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think as well, with Cousins, the other school of thought is that he was a good player in League One. We're playing League One opposition, albeit near the top of the table. But they've got a big game three days later, I think, against Luton, whereas we've got a free week. So, I mean, I would say they're, they're probably not going to play their full strength team either oh yeah they will because you've got Kenny Jacket and Joe Gallen there who will want to prove a point yeah because they were very much in the frame for the QPR job mm. um, before McLaren got it so they, they'll want something to prove like listen 
there's nearly 3,000 fans going down there. That's a hell of a lot for mm-hmm. a cup match. You can't then just put out a week inside and go, what the hell with it? You've got to play the team that reflects the fact of how important this game is. I'm not saying a week inside. I'm just saying I thought that the side he put out against Leeds, uh, albeit they put out there. You know, I'd like to see... Um, it's well-balanced. Yeah. yeah. What about Wells and Ote together? I'd like to see that. Maybe going 4-4-2 a wee bit. Yeah, I think Wells really works well uh-huh, as a lone striker because he's so good with so? both his feet and he's quite okay. quick and he can u- use Eze as a sort of support and Bidwell's been putting some good balls in and Freeman as well as kind of supplying quite a lot for him. So it'd be interesting to see how Wells does in like a more conventional four four two actually playing with kind of someone that is going to he'd have to play with a bit more in terms of back and forth rather than just Eze going down the middle and trying to play a through ball. Because Eze never, when he plays up there, he does sit back a bit. He's never really, he's always sort of on the edge of the box, you know. He's mm. never where Wells is. So it'd be interesting if Ote and Wells would sort of dominate the same space a bit too much um, mm, and occupy similar positions. I don't know. But the, the reason why I like Ote is he reminds me of a young Les. Um, fearless, absolute bags of energy can cause problems and by doing that you can get the mistakes it can feed on to Wells and then if you've got the two wingers coming in you know it's it's just it's too much of an opportunity to waste on Saturday you know I know it's a league one opposition but they're a damn good league one opposition you know they're, they're, they're a good side you don't want to get embarrassed you want to go there and give a good account of yourself and make everyone think who we're going to get the next round which is let's face it if you had turned around at the start of the season and said who will QPR get in the fifth round mm-hmm. you'd have thought they were insane and called an ambulance whereas yeah. we've got a real chance of getting a decent home draw yeah no, we'll I probably I, get Doncaster now said that but you know <laughs> I totally get every, everything you said but what I, going back to the Leeds thing I, what I think was that he made yeah he made four or five changes but everyone slotted in to the system everyone knew oh. what they were doing um and I think, you know, maybe a couple could do with just having a rest, having that extra week. You know, I think Pav maybe, you know... I'd play Pav. Yeah? I think the more he plays, the better he gets. Because let's face it, players... He doesn't will... look tired at no. all. He looks like he could He always looks tired. He always looks like he's got... And he's a hip replacement. <laughs> he's always... Uh, you sit near me, right? From our side of the yeah. pitch, he looks like he's grimaces the whole it's time in the second section, half. Yeah. He limps. He looks like he's in so much pain. Whether or not that's tiredness, I don't know. Maybe he's from the Bobby Zamora school of no hips. Yeah, but could be. There's something no, going on inside that man's body runs. that needs to be checked out. He or just he just, just, or it's just you know like, oh, I want to try hard face, but it looks like he's I don't got know. something I, I, seriously wrong with him. I disagree because I think he kind of looks like a very awkward teenager walking towards a pub with a fake ID. <laughs> And then when he gets the ball, he turns in the 25-year-old that's got a whole conversation <laughs> at the bar for the rest of the evening. He just he's able to slot. It. I mean, that, some of the runs he does are probably not technically gifted, but they're bloody effective. Oh, yeah, definitely. And definitely. He, he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to, to, to get defenders to commit themselves. And I like that. What's the deal with Naki Wells, though? Is he... I mean, cause we know mean? we've got him a season-long loan, but uh, can Burnley say we don't want him to play? I don't even... Actually, I don't, that's embarrassing. I don't even know if Burnley is still in the cup. Because uh, I don't know whether, I don't he played, an issue. whether he played last time was simply uh, to give not him a rest. Issue. Or... It's not an issue. Okay. I don't think they're one of the Premier League sides that got knocked out because it was Cardiff, Fulham. <laughs> I don't think Burnley got knocked out. It does, I don't yeah. think they're going to be calling them back anytime soon, so I think we're all right with that one. I think they're, they're quite... They've got, but the main thing is... It, see, the reason why I love the FA Cup, and we're, we're going we're to speak to someone in a minute who can tell us and make us all fall in love with the Cup again, it's a lovely time to get patronised by the rest of the country. 
because I forget who you are for like 10 months a season or whatever, most of the season. Then you get a wee run in the FA Cup, but then you remember who you are again. Mm. You get like the BBC mm. and you get an ITV and you get Sky talking about you again. It creates an interest around the club mm. and gets the place buzzing again. But let's face it, whereas we are now, most people kind of don't really know what we're doing unless they're a QPR fan or or a Fulham fan looking forward to coming back and playing us next season. And, um, you know, it's, I, I, I do like the FA Cup. I love it. It's the first time I've ever seen QPR live on TV in my life in 82, which is a lovely intro into speaking to someone called Bob Hazel. You might know who that is, Chris. Mm. All right, everyone. Yep. Here we have Hi, Bob. Mr. Bob Hazel. Hey, Chris, far away. Hey, Bob, how are you? Hi, I ain't too bad, mate. Good. Actually, I'm up here in the Midlands, and it is absolute brass monkey. <laughs> is it snowing there? It's 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 uh, it's the biggest snowflakes I've seen in London for years tonight. Yeah, as soon as they, as soon as it hits the floor, though, or hits you on your head, it just like melts, you know. But they seem like there's some serious fat snowflakes have fallen. I've never seen any so big, but as I say, they're all wet. They don't stay on the floor. Well, they stayed on me. They're probably scared of you, mate, to be fair. You <laughs> can't blame them. <laughs> so, before we get into so what you can just explain to us what you're up to at the moment, what you're up to these days. Um, only if you promise not to get the violin out. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, um, I'm, I'm retired at the moment, and... Um, and I'm just battling. I'm just battling some injuries. You know, I struggled. I struggled with a lot of spinal injuries, with a lot of spinal problems during my playing days. And since I've finished, I've had about, um, well, I've had like five or six skeletal um, operations. So, um, so I've got fusions in my lower back and um, in the upper part of my back and. I'm struggling to walk, but other than that, I feel I can turn out on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the spirit. I know I I I had heard that, mate, and I'm, I'm sure there's been some pretty low points um, during the last few years for you. Yeah, yeah, but you know, um, it'll get me down from time to time. But you know, I just look at the weather here, and and then I want to cut my wrist. <laughs> Well, that's a different nah, word. It's all good. It's all good. But one thing I will say to Bob, the reason why we have you on tonight, I'll be honest with you, not because you're a QPR legend or anything like that, you're one of the few people that's played in an FA Cup final at Wembley with QPR. How much do you remember from that day? Um, you know, it's just actually things on the game. I've always struggled to remember things in the game. You know, I can remember like little snippets, mm-hmm. but uh, if I, it, the thing that stands out to me most was um, when Terry Venables was talking to us, uh, you know, the day before, and he was saying that, uh, and he said that he knows people who have played in cup finals. And they said then the day just went by, whoosh, and they can't remember anything of it. And he says, you know, just try, you know, yes, we're going out there to work, but, um, you know, just try and actually enjoy as much of it as you can. And um, so I can remember coming out the tunnel and, and as I was coming out of the tunnel, you know, I felt myself, you know, you know, almost military as I was marching out and I could feel the buzz of the crowd and it was 
it was like the best feeling in the world and and then all of a sudden, but I, you know, but I was I was just in my zone, and all of a sudden I remembered what he said, and then I just kind of snapped out of it, and then um, and then and then I just started to breathe it in, and I started to look around, and I was just thinking, oh my word, I am here. I remember being on my, you know, standing on the settee when I was about eight or nine years old, right, screaming about West Bromwich Albion in nineteen sixty-eight, you know, and when West Brom um, was in the FA Cup final. And it was just, uh, oh, it was just a feeling of euphoria. Well, you got me going. <laughs> Bob, um, thinking about the, the QPR team now and some of the young talent we have in the side, is there any advice that you would give them looking back on your career and sort of the highlights and maybe some of the lowlights as well? Um not just necessarily with QPR players, you know, and 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 old people always say this, but it's always about enjoying and 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 knowing what it is that you have because you don't, you know, it's not until it, it's not until you know you're coming to the end of your career or you finish that you really really start to appreciate things, and um, and you know often no matter how you tell youngsters that you know you know yeah yeah or man you know and you know and they've and they've gone about their ways but um it really is about re- enjoying what you're doing and knowing that you know knowing that you are so blessed because you are one of the very few people in this world who gets paid for something you love doing so um for me it's just about that realization of of really enjoying what you're doing and, and, and striving to be the best you can be so that you don't finish at the end of the day and you know with loads and loads of regrets as we know so many professional footballers do. Um, Bob, I just want to take you back to the semi-final. You mentioned just then you're a Baggies fan. Um, and obviously, really, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have got to the final because you marked Cyril Regis out the game. Was that a bittersweet day for you? Um, there was nothing bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. It was, it, was, it was sweet, sweet, sweet all the way. <laughs> Sweeter than that, anything you can think of. There was, listen, um, as, a, as a youngster, I was always, as I say, I, I grew up a West Brom fan. And um, I was just fortunate that, uh, that, I, that I played. I was still at school and I played in the reserve team. And I can remember going to, there was a game before and I played and I watched, I, I watched West Brom play in a, um, in a game. And then the following week I got picked to play in the reserve team. And, um, and one of the guys who I, you know, was on the, I was on the, the, the I was in the crowd, you know, chanting, and I always remember it, Joe Mayo, his name was. And then the following week, I was stood there and I was marking him. And, <laughs> um, and, uh, and then that just kind of finished my days um, as a West Brom fan. You know, uh, I, was, I wasn't a West Brom fan anymore. Do you, do you know what I often think about Bob is, um, God rest his soul, Cyril's gone a year now. Um, yeah. And... Um, 
The word was, I, I don't know how true this was. I don't know if you ever met the great man or spent much time with him, but apparently he was a bit of a QPR supporter. So He was, yeah, because, um, yeah, you know, I did know Phil very well. I mean, he, he lived, uh, he just lived on the next street when we were, you know, when we were growing up as kids, you know, mm. and, um, and then we were in the under twenty one team together, and we we're also in the England B team together. And um, and and he was from Halton, so. But, but I know that um, because I, I speak with um, is that's Jason Jason Roberts' dad, yeah. and you know, and he tells me he, he he tells me how he brought Cyril's brother, and um, and how they used to come down to um, QPR. And uh, and and watch us play often, you know. Wow. So as I say, that that's their neck of the woods, you know. He didn't say much about Cyril, but he did say about him coming there with Dave. So, you know, he could he could very well have been a QPR fan. I I, I still can't. I mean, I know this is a QPR podcast, not a West Bromwich Humble from the area. I still can't believe that himself and Laurie have left us. It was just like as, as a child, I loved them as players. Oh, I, I, you know, it's a shame they didn't play for QPR, but. What talent in in that in that team that they had? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Not as good as you, Bob. To be fair, but <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, yeah. it, it's and it, and it's sad as well. Obviously, we know what's happening with, with, with Stan and all that um, going on, and in, 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 with, with poor old Stan and everything else. But do you keep in touch with any of the old Rangers boys? Um, not so much, really. I mean, um, I. You know, I, I, I talk with Peter Hucker from time to time because I remember back in the day... He's awfully shy. Pardon? He's an awful shy fella. <laughs> I, I, it was great. It, it was great because he used to be my roomie, you know. And um, when it wasn't him, it was Tony Curry. And, um, and, Tony, actually, wow. and Tony Curry actually invited me um, to watch the game with him, um, the Rangers game. Um, on Wednesday, uh, sorry, uh, the last Saturday was that last Saturday? week yeah. before, yeah, yeah, the last game that was played, you know. So um, I went repping, I went repping the Rangers. I was there in me forever, ass tie, you know, among all those Reds. <laughs> How did it feel? Uh, well, it was great being with him. You know, it was great. You know, we. I don't think we watched much of the game. You know, I think we just chatted and chatted and chatted. You know. And, you know, and then, you know, there'd be the odd, you know, um, who's and ours and things like that. So, although uh, it wasn't it wasn't the best of games and um, and and uh, Rangers hadn't been as good as they had been um, previously in the, in the weeks gone by, you know. I'm going to tell you something here. I don't know if you're aware of this. There was a fella I know who was with Peter Hooker on a tour and pretended to be you on a pre-season tour and got you into an awful lot of trouble that you probably didn't even know about. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll just leave that one there. But <laughs> I'll but, have to ask you about that one of the days. And I'll, I'll have to come, when I come to one of the games, I'll have to come and find you and, and we'll, we'll talk about that one a bit more. That's one of the stories I heard now. And hopefully it's true because it's a great story. I'd hate it not to be true. Now, w- w- Bob, before Chris asks you some more questions, one thing I would like to ask you now, while you're on the phone, we do a live podcast in the season. I would love you to be our guest and come down and talk and meet the QPR fans because 
I don't know how much you feel it, but you are so loved by the fans and we'd love you to come down, come into London, be our guest and have a crack. Listen, the other day, um, there was a fellow that I worked with. We worked together for many years because I worked um, as a youth offending officer for um, Birmingham Social Services. All right. And um, and this friend of mine, he's um, he he's in Dubai, and um, and so the other day I was I was just at home and the phone rang and then I looked at I looked at I looked at the name, so I said, "Oh, Zolfi, you you back in England?" He says, "No, no, I'm um, I'm in Dubai." And I said, listen, I can't speak now, but I'll call you back later. He went, no, 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 I'll call you back, and, you know, and he called me back. And and all it was was he was just there with, a, with you know, I think one of his work colleagues. And they, they um, and my mate, you know, was a footballer. He played semi-pro football. So they just started talking football. And then he said, and then he said, um, and he said, I think he mentioned he was a QPR fan. He went, oh, yeah, you know, I worked for years with Bob Hazel. What? Bob Hazel? You gotta ring him and let me talk to him. And, and and if I say to you, I could give you. I mean, my there was another time I think, I, and my phone rang about half past twelve, and it was my brother-in-law. He was working for LBC, and um, and and he met a QPR fan, you know, and I think he was doing some business, and he actually talked, and he said, uh, and then he found out they were QPR. I said, oh, are you a QPR fan? My brother-in-law's Bob Hazel. What? Call him. So he's like half twelve. He's just me, Bobby Hazel. Yeah, it's me. Oh. But, hey, listen. I just absolutely love the Rangers fans because they just make me feel like somebody, you know. And uh, oh, I just love them to death, and uh, I love the club and everything about it, mate. Honestly. So we can book you in for that one then. <laughs> Most definitely. You're a good man, and I'll buy you a <laughs> pint as well, fella. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Which I don't do very often, but yeah. I will definitely make a lens for you. <laughs> yeah. Because you made a wee Belfast child very happy numerous times the way you played for our club. And I'm going to pass you on to Chris now to ask some more questions. But thanks, Bob. We'll, we'll book you in for that big man. All right. Okay, Bob. I'm, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I just wanted to just go back to the FA Cup. Um, and just to say, because you, you might have noticed that QPR haven't fared uh, the, the best in the FA Cup over the last 20 years or whatever. Um, I'm just for the current team. How do you? How important do you think having a, having? How important do you think having a cup run is for, for in terms of morale? Um, I, the truth of the matter is, I'm, I'm, even the other day, I was just sat down. I was sat there and I was just thinking, what could they do to make the FA Cup more more attractive and and have that same kudos and as it did back in the day? You know, because I mean. I mean, I'm 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 60 next birthday, but as I said to you, as I, as I said before, when we were, when when I was there, you know, watching West Brom and and even other teams who I didn't support, I remember Leeds United there. I can remember, you know, that my dad's going to Wembley and all the build up from the day, and it was just really special. And I was just there thinking to myself, I wonder what the FA could do you know, to bring back that sparkle so that it still has that same thing. But we all know at the end of the day, it's down It's down to money. And, you know, probably Rangers will go in there and, you know, and, and they'll look at, and you can, you can be sure that the manager will be looking at the league and, you know, thinking, well, can we get to a playoff position? Which, of course, to him, 
um, and to the owners is going to be more important because, you know, that that means that that getting into the Premiership is going to mean more to the club than, um, and when I say the, 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 the club itself, I know the mm. fans, I'm, I'm sure they would love it because, I mean, I, I'd love it and I, and I still love being there like everybody else would, you know, on semi-final day or final day. But um, I just think they've got to do more to keep that sparkle on it, you know, and just not let it be, um, and just not let it be a, another minor competition because it, it, it does hurt to see it personally. Yeah. I, I agree. Bob, before you go, um, one thing I would ask you is, what was so special about Terry Venables when he was at QPR? Because that was a, I mean, I don't p- think people realise how good that side was. Do you know, I, many people ask me, and I just think the first thing about him, he treated us as adults, and that and that was like the very first thing, you know. And um, and you would think that, and he always said, "I don't have many rules." And you know, like uh, coming in in the morning, yeah, we we as players we policed ourselves about arriving at whatever time, um, whether we were, you know, if we're going to go to a game. Um, if 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 the bus was due to leave at half past twelve, so uh, uh, if it was due to leave at half past twelve, everybody would be on the bus by twelve o'clock. Mm. And and in he just um, as I say, he treated us like adults and give us that about taking responsibility. And um, and I think that you know, especially the manager, other managers I've ever come to, you know, they're very dictatorial and it's all about them and whatever. But you know, he, he had that way of putting it about it where he made you responsible. And the other thing that he did as well, he had a very tight knit group, and it was a case of everybody else around. They wanted to be in that in that group, and that group, would you believe, would be eleven or twelve players. Wow, and and so everything was about those eleven or twelve players, and so anybody outside it, they were left outside, and they were almost, I'm sure, left to feel like pariahs, you know, and it was it was that they needed to break into that eleven, and um, I, you know, there's a lot of managers who wouldn't do that. I remember he, he did almost the very same thing with the England squad when he when he in the in the Euros, didn't he? And um, mm. And and again, he loved the football, you know, and everything he did was very short and sharp and things like that. And um, oh, it was it was just a pleasure. And to tell you the truth, I haven't. Um, I, I I just really enjoyed my time with him, and it was short. I wish it could have been longer. To be truthful, no, that's a lovely thing to say. Now, Bob, we're going to let you go and get your evening back and go out and enjoy building snowmen. Um, or women, depending on what you want to build. Um, yeah. <laughs> big man, look forward so much to seeing you in the podcast. Thank you for the um, dreams you gave us as fans. Uh, championship winning side, FA Cup finals, um, seeing you smash the hell out of every centre forward that came anywhere near that goal area. You were absolutely <laughs> magnificent as a player for Queen's Park Rangers. Thank you so much for what you've done for us, big man. And as I say, look forward to hearing your stories at the live one. And thanks for joining us tonight, Bob. Really All appreciate right. it. You My take care pleasure. of yourself. Cheers, Bob. Take care, mate. Uh, Keep healthy. Cheers. Well. Bye-bye. Keep All mate. the best. Keep well. Bye, Bye. now. Well, I'm going to say it. That was my favourite interview this year. 
a country male. And I know it's because I'm old and Fraser will say, oh, you're not young, but what a gentleman. He was quite um, sad and emotional. I felt really sorry for him. Yeah. It's, it's a classic struggle for you know, a lot of footballers when your time is up and then add that to obviously a really horrible um, ongoing back problem. It's kind of like you feel like, you yeah. know, you feel so lost. But yeah. it, it's obviously he still remembers those moments so fondly. So it's great that he can sort of hold on to that. But yeah, it's, yeah I mean, you forget, you forget the reality of back it. Back problems. My stepfather's got uh, from football, American football, a knee and a lower back problem that ended his career. Yeah. Um, gone on to be like an amazing coach, but oh my God, yeah. just what that does to your body. Like it, it's exhausting how much pain you're in. I wonder if I should have spoke to Fraser for Booker for the Life pod. Oh well, not to worry. Um, I think that's Fraser, what he gets for not being here. Uh, I think. Got, <laughs> well, you can't believe it. I'm, I'm looking forward to that already. Yeah. I, you know, he's he's a, he's he's such a gent, such a wonderful man, and um, I'm just wondering if um, modern day footballers could be so humble. I'm sure some will. Some. Well, I would say just as a caveat. I mean, if he is having you know struggles with his back and that, then it's not 100. percent He might not. You know. Might not be able to get down here or whatever. But. If I have to pick him up, he's coming. <laughs> there you go. Right. So yeah, I, I will say that to poker. I will even stay sober to make sure he comes because I think it'll be good for him to see the fans and with his, his issues, he'll be appreciated. Now, because we had such a long interview, and quite frankly, I'm not going to apologise for that because I enjoyed that as I should do as a fan. We're going to go straight into Portsmouth predictions and RR's end. But first, RR's end, Christopher. Oh really? Gosh. Well, well there's a what, couple of things I haven't talked about, but I'm I'm conscious of this time. No, because well, just first of all, Preston's dirty tricks. Going back to that, I mean, we know they're the master at it. They've been it, and and Pearson basically ran the game and was probably their worst offender. I, I think the uh, the um, Jason was set off for an elbow on Lynch. Well, yeah, I think the physio came out about six times for the first time or the injuries. second time. Fizio mm. came out about six times for non-existent injuries, and. I, What's that about taking it into the corner when you're falling up? I, I, I really don't get that. I, I know we do it as well, but it's something I've always hated. And I, I, to be honest, I'd like to be a law that says you can't do that anymore for both sides. I know it evens itself out, but I don't like it at all. I agree with you. I think you should just. So I mentioned that. Um, second quick thing is just what the club are still doing for Grenfell. I just saw a tweet the other day, and I, I didn't realise, but they've hired two full-time people. Um, they're looking after the, the, the. I mean, it would have been easy after sort of. The noise had down, died down about Grenfell and the news is filled with other things, namely Brexit, of course. I'm not going to get into that, but um, it would have been easy for the club to just slowly just you know, take the support away. But I think it's great they're still doing that and they're working with the, the, the most affected kids um, and they're doing the thing called bounce therapy. I don't know the yes. full extent of it, brilliant. but um, it seems they're bringing these kids on in the playground and that, that's just brilliant. And the last thing I want to say... See, they're all very quick. Is that um, you can breathe? I, I, don't, I don't normally. In fact, I've done it once. I think it was a Fulham away, um, one of the big beatings I've, I've left before the end of the game. But a three 0 down, I offered my daughter a chance, an escape route to, to leave, and she decided that she wanted to stay. And she saw it out to the yes. bitter end, and then applauded all the players afterwards, even though they probably didn't deserve it. But they were probably feeling pretty ropey having to go around the pitch doing that. Mm. So yeah, well done to her, and I think I've. I've got a proper QPR fan there, poor girl. Props for them for coming, actually coming out and applauding the fans. Yeah, exactly. And I think maybe I that, that comes that. from the manager who's sending them. I still think there's an uneasy relationship between McLaren and the fans mm. because fans singing you're getting sacked in the morning four games in probably doesn't sit that well. And I was one of the ones who didn't particularly want him, hands up, you know. And, and after four games, I was thinking, what the hell's going on? 
Um, but maybe that'll improve. There, there's muted singings now and again of McLaren's Blue and White Army. But I, I just think it's a water office brolly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's me done. Pompey predictions, though. Oh, Pompey predictions. Ooh, gosh. Well, did you say gosh? Yes. I'm, I'm, yeah. Is it full of fun or something? Go, gosh, yes. <laughs> Um, Go on, Sebastian. Hit us with it. Uh, uh, God. I'll go. I'll go one. No, I'll go two one QPR. I've got to be positive. I'd, oh, I'd so love to see our name in the fifth. You come to the pub with us? Yeah, if you tell me. Well, I'm, I'm so looking forward to going to the train station. I remember Wimbledon '97. We took about ten thousand. That's the last time. We were, that, was it? Well, that was the last time we were in the fifth round, and it was just. Something else, and we like Sheffield Wednesday away as well. But um, and I just remember, even though we lost two one, I think it was leading the cheering, uh, the chanting, standing on a table in a pub in Wimbledon at some point, and that's that's basically the last thing I remember. <laughs> Obviously, I have uh, my child in tow, so if we do win, I won't be quite so gung ho as that. But you know, I remember that Wimbledon game. Is there's a Wimbledon fan came on our, our train, and he got a standing ovation. Because it was the only one we've seen all day. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. His face was quite weird. He was like, yeah. "What the hell's happening here?" It's like, "Yeah." So we took over the ground that day, and um, it was a. It, and that's when the Mark Hitley uh, was it that the, the one he copped his ears to us? Or was that a league game? Oh God, I can't remember, mate. I'd, I'd had a few that day, to be honest. But um, maybe it was that one. I don't know. Flo, same applies. Um, same prediction, 2-1 us, I think. Really? Um, yeah. Um, I think they'll get a goal, but I think, um, I really hope we will <coughs> win. But I hope regardless that it will be a good day out because I'm really excited for this one. Like, seriously, Simpson style, putting the X's on my calendar every day for when, <laughs> before the game. So I'm really looking forward to it. So I hope that regardless of the result, it's just a fun day out and it isn't spoiled by anything um, and it doesn't get nasty and anything like that because I know on those trains home after a heavy defeat it can get really bleak. So I hope that regardless it's not too cold as well, it doesn't snow and um, yeah, I hope it's just a great day out and we enjoy the moment. We've got a great relationship with Portsmouth, I can't see if we could possibly well, exactly. go wrong. Oh. Yeah, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, now I, um, I was actually uh, thinking three one us. Um, yeah, I just like seriously. There, there's got to be uh, a serious reaction from the last two matches. It's been a bit disjointed. Um, effort's been there, but they just they've seemed a bit confused. I don't know if it's uh, a little mental exhaustion or what. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, switch a few around. Seriously, like he did with Leeds. Not the, not the exact same thing, Mm-mm. but yeah, we, we've we've got to. There, there's something going on there. Play and, our best um, team. Yeah, and and that may not be the one that lost four one to a Preston. So, okay, and your R's end. Um. Oh hell! You don't have to have one. I can have ten. You, well, you, you're going to anyway, so knock yourself yeah. out. Oh, did you do an R's end? Because <laughs> you didn't do an R's end. Well, I mean, those three things I said sort of, sort of were really. I don't want to. I don't want to hog it. Um, First back, and the engineer looks like he's about to throttle someone in a minute. So ah, yeah. He's always like that, ignore him. <laughs> so, yeah, you go for it, Paul. All right. <laughs> I'll see you down the pub. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Dear listeners, <laughs> thank you so much for sticking with this humble little podcast by us little QPR fans. But I want us to go Saturday. I want noise. I want passion. I want absolute dogs abuse aimed at the Portsmouth fan in a non violent manner and keep it real. 
And I want us to come away. I don't care if, if we get one goal off their arse. I don't care if it occurs off a toe. I don't care if it comes off a toenail. I don't care if it comes off someone's nuts. I don't care. I just want to win on Saturday. That's all I want. Nothing more, nothing less. It can be the shittiest, most ridiculous, most disgusting football <laughs> match I've ever seen in my life. I just want to win. I want to make the fifth round. Do you hear me, QPR? Please make it to the fifth round. This has been Open All Hours, and thank you for staying with us. That is my prediction and everything. Good night. UPR, UPR, Chris Rangers.